Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on this Friday morning, June 3rd. It is first Friday. It is Roadmap Roundup Friday. It's a lot of things. So let's begin in prayer this morning. We will pray our morning offering, and then we will pray our first Friday prayer in honor of the Sacred Heart. We pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities, which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who strain far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or, renouncing the promises of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty in unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violations of Sundays and holy days, and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which your vicar on earth and your priest are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of the nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood. We now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor the satisfaction you once made to your eternal Father on the cross and which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can with the help of your grace for all neglect of your great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent those from offending, to prevent others from offending you, and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation. And by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to you, so that we may all one day come to that happy home where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have to tell you, last night I was thinking about this morning's show and getting ready for things, and we had sent out the topics and 
um, had everything all lined up. And I was watching what used to be one of my favorite TV shows, The West Wing, and it's a political drama. Um, it ended. It's hard to believe it ended over 15 years ago. But in the episode, they were talking about peacekeeping, and, and the line was uh, said, it shouldn't have to be us, but no one else can do it. And it, it got me thinking about this prayer we just prayed. And maybe you, you feel this way sometimes, too. Why do I have to do these acts of reparation? Why, why is this on me? I mean, I'm not the one that committed some of these blasphemies. I'm not the one that committed some of these acts of sacrilege. I've never gone into a church and smashed open a tabernacle and spread our Lord and the, the sacred hosts and the, the Holy Eucharist all over the floor or, or stolen the Eucharist or, you know, vandalized statues or anything like that. Why should I have to make that up? And at first I, I was thinking about that line. Well, it shouldn't have to be us, but no one else can do it. And there is some truth to that. There is some truth to that. But honestly, the more I sat with that last night, um, it was a beautiful night to be out on the porch just kind of enjoying the quiet. Um, it wasn't quiet in the house. The kids stayed up late, and, and it wasn't quiet there. But to sit out in the quiet and reflect on that and to make my evening examination of conscience, I, I don't know about you, but the more I reflect on what I do, the more prayers like this hit me because, you know, I say, well, I didn't do that. But then I, I look deeper and I said, but you know what? I may not have done that specifically, but I've done stuff that is not any better. You know, um, the spirit of the offense maybe is different from the actual offense, but I've shown indifference. I've taken the Lord's name in vain in my life before. That's, you know, that's something I've had to take to confession before. Um, and I think that indifference above all else is, is the one that, that was troubling me the most last night as I thought about this. But I want to offer you this encouragement this morning because maybe, you, like me, sometimes you stew on that and you get stuck there. The thing that's so beautiful to me in this prayer, we now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor. What? What do we offer? Not anything Adam Wright's going to do. Not anything you, the listener, is going to do. But we offer the satisfaction you once made. So we're offering Jesus what he did. And how beautiful is it that instead of saying, you can't offer me what I did. I mean, if my kids tried to say, Dad, I don't have to clean the house because you did this, and, and so I don't have to do my chores, I'd be like, no, you have to do your chores. But our Lord says, no, you know what? You couldn't do it, and that's why I came. So, yes, you can offer me what I did, and I will joyfully accept it. And we should take comfort in that. And we should also use it as an imperative to make a good confession regularly and uh, Take great joy in this. The last thought I have on this is if you love someone and you see them hurting, what do you do? You try to comfort them, whether it's your spouse, your child, your friend, your loved one, whatever it may be. And so I hope that you and I, as we go through this first Friday, see all of the acts of sacrilege in our world today, see all of the blasphemies, see all of the, the sins against the sacred heart of Jesus. And we say, Lord, I want to offer you some comfort and some consolation today as small and minuscule as it may seem to me. I hope it can be of some comfort to you and we trust that it is. It is roadmap roundup Friday this morning. We're happy to be joined in studio by Gabe Jones and Angela Miller. We've got a bunch of things to talk about, but first let's go to Mike Roberts for a check of today's weather. 
Today is the feast day of St. Charles Lwanga and Companions, who were martyrs. Born in East Africa in the mid-19th century in what is now Uganda, Charles was the chief of the royal pages in the court of King Mwanga II, ruler of the powerful kingdom of Buganda. In his mid-twenties and following the lead of two of the king's court members, Charles converted to Christianity and was baptized. The king, known for a wide variety of abuses, including those of children, was not pleased. He also did not like the fact that Charles protected the pages he was responsible for from the king evil intentions. Shortly after Charles was baptized, the king began to arrest and murder those in the Christian community. He had the Anglican bishop, James Hannigan, and many of his missionaries murdered. Then the king approached Charles, who refused to allow the king to abuse his pages and also refused to renounce his faith. Charles, along with the other Christian members of the king's court, was murdered by the king burned to death on this day in 1886. In 1964, St. Pope Paul VI canonized Charles and 21 others. St. Charles Luanga and companions, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, we're back. You ever have one of those mornings where you make a wrong turn on the drive that you drive so often and you say to yourself, how did I do that? Well, fear not. Gabe Jones has also done that. Gabe, good yep. to see you this morning. A little I, late. But I am you're human. Here. I'm human. But yes, I am here. <laughs> you are? You're human? I am. Yes, I do make mistakes every once All in a while. Right. Yes. Angela Miller's here as well, and you get the prize for being here first today. Which so. was surprising because I was almost a little late, too. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, your, your choice of prizes are we have bottled water, and I have some Andy's mints, and Ooh. that's about it. So, <laughs> you know, There's not even coffee this morning. Yeah, so. we haven't even <laughs> brewed coffee this morning. Well, friends, you know, it, it's one of those things that to, we've been talking about all week. Tomorrow is first Saturday. Today is first Friday, as we've already said. And we have the devotions. We talk about them every month. And just in case, I'll remind you that today go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, and if you've been with us since the beginning of the show, you've already prayed a prayer of reparation, but you can pray some more. You can pray a prayer in honor of the Sacred Heart, and this is a fitting month to do more of those prayers because it is the month of the Sacred Heart. But go to Mass today, receive Holy Communion. If you need to go to confession because you're not in a state of grace, make sure to do that first, lest you commit the mortal sin of sacrilege. You don't want to do that. And tomorrow, first Saturday, same thing. The Blessed Mother at Fatima asked us, Go to Mass. Make a good confession. Go to Mass. Receive Holy Communion. Pray the Rosary and then meditate for 15 minutes on the Rosary. And I want to share this with you that I learned yesterday. One of the things you can do, you're like, how do I meditate for 15 minutes on the mysteries of the Rosary in addition to praying the Rosary? Well, you know what? If you pray the Sorrowful Mysteries and then do the Stations of the Cross afterwards, you're actually meditating on the Sorrowful Mysteries and you're praying the Stations of the Cross. And I forget which one of the saints said that, but a saint said it. So as Father Calloway recently said, I'm going to commit some spiritual plagiarism here and share that with you. (laughs) Um, But it's a good reminder for me. I don't know about you when you say, well, I'm not in that state of mortal sin, Adam. Uh, Praise God for that, the grace of God. But how often should I go make that devotional confession? And I say, well, our our Blessed Mother kind of gave us the answer there. Relative to the first Saturday, make a a good confession. And part of that is a good examination of conscience. And do you ever ask yourself, well, how do I make a good examination of conscience? And, you know, I I go back and forth on that. So uh, I want to turn to Gabe Jones here. 
and say, Gabe, how do you start? You know, do you have a, a, a particular one you use? Do you have a process you go through when you're getting ready for confession? Yeah, so, <clears throat> I mean, I've done kind of different things. Uh, I think one, this maybe sounds too easy, but frequent confession helps mm-hmm. with an examination so that you don't have to think back like, you know, six months or something. <laughs> kind of try to remember all those things because I can't remember what I had for lunch last Tuesday. Or, or where to turn. Yeah, or where to turn on a drive. That I'm, yeah, so um, so frequent confession helps with making that examination. But then in terms of the process, um, you know, I think uh, it, it does help to do a daily exam and kind of at the end of every day kind of make a mental note of maybe some places where I failed. And then that way those kind of stack up. And then after, you know, a week or two, it's like, okay, you know, yeah, it's time. You know, uh, got to get to confession. Um, so that, I mean... There's, there's different ones. I have one in my missile with, you know, that goes through very specific things. Have I done this? Have I done this? That helps. Um, but then also I think just uh, knowing what my typical faults are and going back through and saying, well, have I have I done this? Have I fallen here? Have I done that? You know, that's that's also a good one. Um, so I think those would be my, my thoughts. The top thing that I'm th- – you have to do a daily exam. And I think that's, that's truly a huge game changer. And uh, something I've added to that too is then in the morning asking for the grace to fight those particular sins from the night before um, and then writing them down. Yeah. I, I don't know. I – I don't have a good memory <laughs> when it comes to that. And I bring things that I've written down into confession. And sometimes I'll say, I, I apologize, Father, this might sound a little bit rote, but I have it written down because mm-hmm. I, I want to get it all out. I've heard of that. I've heard of people yeah. doing that, and you know, for fear of, you know, somebody finding your notes. I've heard people like make abbreviations or like oh. a, a code or something or like, yeah. you know. Maybe I used just, to burn mine after or yeah. rip them up and like put them in the toilet or something. <laughs> my plumber <laughs> husband would not like that, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, oh my. You know, I was on a, a retreat one time where they had us, you know, write down all these things. We did a, a big thorough examination of conscience and they said, we're going to burn it. And I was like, well, yeah, except that doesn't, you know, it, it's not efficacious. I yeah. love that word efficacious. Um, like that doesn't actually accomplish anything. I mean, it was a good examination of conscience, but we're still not absolved of these oh, things. So then, so then after? the next year they, they said, yeah, we thought about that. And they added confession. In. <laughs> so we still wrote them all down. But then afterwards we, we, uh, we burned them. Now I want to share with you, um, you know, maybe you're listening and you're saying it's been a while. Uh, what Gabe Jones mentioned, the, the, Examination of conscience in the back of the missile, that can be a game changer. I've got a, a St. Joseph daily missile um, that I love, and in the back it goes through each of the Ten Commandments, and for each of the Ten Commandments there's anywhere from five to 25 yes or no questions. So it's, They're not philosophical questions. It's have you done this, yes or no? If the answer is yes, Take that to confession with you. And, you know, perhaps it, if it's been a while, that could be a very good tool for you. That's also you can find those available on the Internet if you do a search. But are you making that daily examination, that, that daily examination of conscience like Gabe and Angela just shared with us? And that has been a game changer for me. Now, another um, another part of this, though, and Gabe, you mentioned this, that frequent confession and also you know, how often do we say, and we've heard this joke a million different ways that I, father, I feel like I'm bringing the same con- sins to confession with me every time. And well, do you want God to give you new ones? And we all have a good chuckle over that. But, um, while that's very true that I struggle with the same thing 
and I, that's pretty much always what I take to confession with me. I worry that, and, and I don't feel like I'm being over-scrupulous in this worry. I worry that by just resigning myself to, well, you know, I lost my temper with the kids. I uh, was short in my patience with my wife. And for these and for all my sins, Lord, I ask your pardon and forgiveness. Am I skipping over actually making a good examination of conscience? Because if I look, there probably are some other things, too, that, you know, maybe not major mortal sins, but some venial sins that I could take in there. And, and it's good to acknowledge those so that we can ask, as Angela said, for the grace not to do them. Well, and something, too, that I was reading recently about how to make an examination of conscience and, and you know, how to make good confessions, that kind of thing, and how to deal with these regular temptations, these regular faults, is that a lot of times there's something deeper behind them. If we are doing X, Y, and Z, it might be A, B, and C that are actually causing that. Mm. And sometimes, yes, you need to confess X, Y, and Z, but go deeper and figure out what is the thing that's causing those? What am I doing that's leading me to those things? Mm. And maybe it's that habit or that sin, that fault, that needs to be, you know, addressed or removed from my lifestyle so that I can not commit X, Y, and Z. So there's something deeper a lot of times with with the, the common faults, the common sins. So if you're if you are struggling with the same thing, and that's again a lot of us, right? Same things happen over and over again. Um, go deeper. What is yeah. it that's it's leading to that? It, it's amazing to me what the human body can show us about um, cause and effect in things. Um, I remember a friend of my parents recently had knee problems, and it got to the point that they had to uh, do some surgical intervention because it, the knee was just shot. But the doctor said, you know, I noticed that you're still walking like this. And he's, oh, yeah, I've been doing that for years and it, because I have this pain in, in this leg on the, on the other side. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, you know, if we would have caught that, we could have sent you to physical therapy for that, and it would have corrected it, and it probably would have actually – saved you all the the trouble you had with your other knee because you were overcompensating and put that other knee under such undue stress that now here we are doing knee replacement. Um, It's it's a little bit of an extreme example, but as someone who's married to a nurse and whose mother is a nurse, I, you know, and and knows several physical therapists, they all say the same thing. That's if we don't correct the the root problem, we actually could cause bigger problems. And we say, well, how did that bigger problem happen? It's exactly what you're saying, Gabe. We didn't address the root problem. All right. So the point is make a good examination of conscience. Start today. If you're waiting till you get in line to go to confession, you might be waiting too long. And you know, just saying that. Um, but go tomorrow. You know, don't hold back. If it's been a while, go. If it hasn't, if it's been a month, go make a good devotional confession. It's first Saturday. The Blessed Mother asks us to do it. And that's part of what we're going to talk about when we come back from this break. Things the Blessed Mother has asked us to do, but We'll save that for after the break. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Friday morning. It is Roadmap Roundup Friday. We're going to be talking about the Blessed Mother for a bit this morning, and then we're going to be talking about Pentecost as we move in a little bit further in the show because it is Pentecost Sunday coming up this weekend, and we want to talk about that as well. But ask yourself this question. What is it that I do every day that is important, and then what are those things that creep up out of nowhere that it's, you know, stop the press we got to put everything aside and address this right now. Now, sometimes in life those things happen, right? 
uh, you, your kid gets a, a big cut and they need a Band-Aid, or you need to go to urgent care. Is uh, we've, had, we've had kids fall up the steps and necessitate a trip to urgent care. Right? We have those things. You and I both do, but how do we keep them from crowding out the important things? I want to tell a little story here that comes to us via Father Donald Calloway, who spoke recently at the St. Louis Marian Conference. It's about a Japanese priest and a Japanese ambassador at a gathering in Rome, and the ambassador said to the priest, war is your fault. And the priest looked surprised and said, what do you mean? And as Father Calloway tells the story, he says, the ambassador said, you Catholics, all of you, we do not have peace in the world. It's your fault. Ambassador, why do you blame us? I've read about this. The lady came to you at Fatima, right? That's what you believe. She told you what to do to secure peace in the world. Well, there's no peace in the world, so obviously you Catholics haven't done it. And the priest replied, isn't peace everyone's responsibility? And the ambassador was vehement and said, no, she came to you Catholics, not to Buddhists, not to Hindus. She came to you, and it is your responsibility. Now, I don't want everyone to walk away from this so scrupulous saying that, oh, I forgot to pray my rosary yesterday, and that is why all war has happened. It's a collective thing here. You know, we all are, are called to pray the rosary. Um, but, Angelo, you were at the Marian Conference. You yeah. heard the, this wonderful talk from Father Calloway, and, you know, I just recently re-listened to it. It was about the rosary as the sword of Our Lady, and he went through the timeline of history that Our Lady did this, and then this happened to pull away devotion from the Blessed Mother, and then she came back and did this. Or Jesus came back and said, do this. And he goes through these wonderful apparitions, which you should look up, by the way. I, I, I want everyone this morning, you will be amazed by this. Look up Our Lady of Las Lajas, L-A-J-A-S, Our Lady of Las Lajas. You can, there's all sorts of videos about this. There's one by the Franciscan Friars on YouTube that's just fascinating um, to talk about how Our Lady said, no, the rosary is important. And I was fired up after that talk. I love that story. Right? It, it's it's pretty powerful. But yeah, I I mean, right after it, I was like, okay, I got to be obedient. <laughs> I have to pray my rosary. Like, we're fired up. We're going to pray the rosary Do every day. Maybe, mom said. Maybe, yeah. maybe 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 all four decades or all four mysteries on on one day. That's how fired up we are. And then yeah. we go back and like, well, I know I need to pray my rosary today, but um the, I got to do the dishes and it's really this question. There are so many things in life that we could say are urgent, mm -hmm. that they we allow them to disrupt our daily discipline and crowd out the important. Um, I shared with you before the show, you know, they're like, oh, we need to take the trash out, but we really need to do this. And then before I know it, there's five bags of trash in the corner of the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, now i got to take five bags to the dumpster if I would have just stopped to do the one simple thing that I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. how, do we, how do we avoid that? Well, I mean, I, I personally deeply identify with this i have a very impulsive personality and so if i <laughs> when things come to my face and i'm excited about them then i'll go do that and then i'll leave behind the important things and it really comes down to obedience and so as we're asking for grace and really being attentive to um the things that i need to be obedient to and recognizing what they are too so like what what is God asking of me? What's proper to my vocation? Um, what's Mary asking of me? Um, what does the church ask of me? And that comes first before any of these impulsive things that come at my face that might sound fun or um, stressful or um, I mean, do I have some sort of thing that's stressing me out? Well, well, what's proper and ordered, and um, how do I obey? 
what God asks me to do. Well, I, I go to him and ask for his grace first. There's, there's a proper order. Um, and that, so obedience and then also just there for me, I think I also need a, a certain sense of humility and asking for humility in those moments too. Um, because impulsiveness is, is pride. <laughs> it's saying that, oh, this thing comes first. So I, I try to pray daily to ask God to remove impulsiveness specifically um, as part of that, that sin of pride. Wow. I mean, hey, they're, they're, <laughs> do I need to say anything more? That's you don't great. have to. We, I can just, we can just cut it there. No, I think um, it, it is very easy, especially in a busy life, and especially, you know, I'm in a different state than Angela. Mm-hmm. You know, I have kids. Adam, you know what that's yeah. like to yeah. have kids. Uh, when I was reading your sort of prompts for the, the topics today, I immediately thought of, you know, when you think of the important, how many times do I not put my kids first? You know, how many times do I say, well, you know what, I got something else to do over here. I got something with work. I've got something fun I want to do. And I sacrifice my kids, you know, or time with my kids or focus on my kids. Uh, That gets put second. So that's obviously different than praying, right? And making time for the rosary, but it's a similar type of, mindset, right? That I'm going to put this aside, even though it's probably more important than whatever it is that I'm doing. Well, it's the uh, proper order of things. Exactly. Your vocation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And so if I get that out of order, it's going to impact everything else. And now my kids are going to be looking at dad. Oh, well, dad's too busy for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then that creates strife in the family. And then, you know, so it just, it leads to a lot of things. So yeah, it's a, uh, it really does come down to fundamentals and the basics on this. Like you have to start you have to, with the very, very simple things, do the yeah. things you need to do first. Well, uh, I have some practical ideas for you. If you're listening and saying, Adam, this is all well and good what you and Gabe and Angela are talking about, but what does that actually look like in daily living? Um, number one is something that Gabe Jones actually did yesterday, and my email got screwed up, and I was like, I can't remember which email address I'm supposed to send this to for Gabe Jones, his, his personal one or his work one. So I sent it to both, and he wrote back from his work one, please do not send this to my work because it's not work-related. And I thought, you know, that's really great because I used to conflate – if that's the right word. I used to mix all of my emails together into one email server program on my phone. And so I might be going to look for an email about where soccer practice is tonight because it got moved for the kids. And then I see these emails from work that really could wait until tomorrow. But I say, oh, my goodness, uh, I I got to stop what I'm doing and deal with this right now. And, you know, at one point someone asked me like, well, what's different between seven o'clock at night tonight and looking at those first thing eight o'clock tomorrow morning? Is it, is it really the end of the world? And it took, as you said, Angela, a, a, a great amount of humility to say, you know, those things can wait. I don't have to make those the most important things. And so I would encourage you, you know, maybe, maybe that's a simple thing to do because that allows you to give your attention where it needs to be. Um, I love, I love that my phone has do not disturb mode because I get distracted by my phone. Sometimes it means I have to turn it off and maybe you might have to do the same thing. You're going into church to pray. You go in early, you know, turn your phone off and you say, well, what, what, what if something happens? Here's the big, what if Christmas Eve, 2010 and the organist, I'm, I'm, I'm literally sitting at the organ console 20 minutes prior to mass and I get a text message from my wife. I was just in a car accident. I'm okay. We're pretty sure the baby's okay. My parents are taking me to the ER. Call me after mass. 
Now, there was no option, especially with her saying she's okay, for me to leave. But all I did that entire mass was sit there distracted. And we talked about it later, and she was like, I I didn't even think you'd read that. I thought you'd have your phone off. And just that when you, you came back after mass. And sometimes something as simple as saying, I don't have to be available 24-7 can help us stick to the daily things. You say, well, maybe... Maybe I, I want room for flexibility, and and when these shiny things come into life, and say I want to go, I want to go do that. Well, if you attend to your discipline and you knock your discipline out of the way first, you'll actually have time then for the, the to stop and smell the roses, uh, <laughs> metaphorically, along the way. So, just some ideas to share with you on that. Um, anything you want to add to that list? I mean, I think that's a really good starting point, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think also maybe just keep it manageable, right? So don't feel like you have to have this whole list of all these disciplines you have to accomplish because it does sometimes feel a little overwhelming. Oh, well, mm-hmm. I got to see my daily rosary. Oh, I got to do my examination of conscience. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do the dishes. I have to take the trash out. And you start going, wow, that's a lot of things to do in a day. Um, but many of those things that we think about throughout our days can be done very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, So don't get overwhelmed like, oh, there's this whole list. Start with one, get it done, knock it out. Yeah. And, and if you focus on something, you can usually get it done quicker than if you're distracted. And I think also it, uh, a certain level of attentiveness to the voice of God rather than, and I'm going back to the impulsive thing because that's where I really struggle um, versus the, the shiny things. Attentiveness to where you're being called so that you have this relationship already with the Lord where you understand where he actually needs you. Instead of um, the distracting things, um, yeah. being able to know him so well and know his voice so yeah. well um, that you can be obedient to him. Moral of the story, it's hard and you're not alone yeah. in this. I mean, if you're saying, I, I've been trying to do this discipline thing for 20 years, 30 years. Discipline is hard, no matter how seasoned we are at it. So you're not alone in that and, and don't ever feel alone in that. Um, I want to pivot real quickly to something that Pope Paul the Sixth, uh, Pope Saint Paul the Sixth, wrote: "Without contemplation, the Rosary is a body without a soul, and its recitation is in danger of becoming a mechanical repetition of formulas and of going counter to the warning of Christ. And in praying, do not heap empty phrases." Now, that actually is a criticism that's sometimes leveled against the Rosary. Well, it's just a, a bunch of empty words and, and empty phrases, and it, it's counter to what Jesus said there. He said not to do that. But really, at its heart, the rosary is a contemplative prayer that helps us meditate on the life of Christ. And so, you know, if you're saying, oh, man, I am overwhelmed by having to take the trash out and do the dishes, pray the joyful mysteries, because that's all about the the things that Mary and Joseph had to attend to in Mm -hmm. getting ready for Jesus to be born, Jesus being born, and then the the, the rituals they did after that. Um, But these disciplines are so important, because if I'm distracted by the 8 million things I have to do that feel urgent, I'm not going to focus in contemplative prayer. So um, maybe one thing I want to ask you both before we go to the break here, what's one thing you do to help you focus during contemplative prayer? Ask for it. Ask for (laughs) the ability because it's a gift. So you need to ask for the ability, the time to do it. Um, the ability to actually enter into that level of, of prayer. Um, I just want to share real quick. I was looking this up earlier um, just to refresh my memory because there's differences between like different kinds of mental prayer. But 
Um, Teresa of Avila says that that contemplative prayer is a close sharing between friends, which means it's frequent. Um, so in again, saying the rosary frequently and being so intimately entwined in those stories, um, in the, in the mysteries, um, once asking for the gift of it, um, and asking God to remove distractions. There was a really good, um, story I heard recently about a priest who continued to, um, be in prayer and asked Jesus to remove a distraction and he did. And then another distraction came, he asked him to remove it and Jesus did. And then another distraction came and every time he asked, it didn't go away. (laughs) And so, so he was like, all right, Lord, what are you trying to say to me in this? All right. Well, that's ask for, that's a good, good starting point for us here. Let's take a a break. When we come back, we'll have our catechist question. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Pentecost. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We have a catechist question for you this morning. We're going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in a moment. But uh, I was going to ask, how many of the fruits of the Holy Spirit can you name? And uh, maybe we can we can play for an Andy's Mint here this morning or a glass of water. I was just thinking about this because I learned them in a song as a kid. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, Angela, let's let's see how many you can name here. You're playing for we might even brew a pot of coffee for you if you oh, get man. all of these. I have to think the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. The fruits of the spirit are gentleness. Oh, something in self-control. <laughs> oh, no, she <laughs> can't do it. You, you, got, you got charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You've been listening to Patty Schneier, by the way. She sang that a, a, a while back. That on song? The, oh, the Daily Dose of Encouragement. <laughs> um all right, so missing from that list. Faithfulness. faithfulness is on that. Faithfulness is on that list. Gentleness, self control. That is on the list. Um, Gabe, do you want to take a, a shot at any I, of the ones that are missing here? No, I do not remember the fruits of the spirit. All right, well, sorry. in order: chastity or or charity. Oh. I'm sorry, charity or love, oh. as you called it. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, oh. self control, and chastity. I just had chastity wow. and charity mixed up. So I never okay. learned those other ones as a kid. Yeah, 12 of them. They're 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. But let's talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Talk about underutilized gifts. Do you ever feel like this, that you're saying to yourself, <laughs> you know, man, I, I really could use some help right now. I'm a little overwhelmed. They, the kids are pulling me in five different directions, or work's pulling me in five different directions, and, and my wife or my husband wants me to do this, and, and you're falling apart at the seams. Like, I could use some help here, God. And God's like, you know, I gave you some gifts. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, uh, I gave you some gifts here, Adam. Uh, confirmation think back to that so wisdom understanding counsel knowledge piety fortitude fear of the lord but what does it actually look like to use those gifts i mean someone can say oh you're trying to put a nail in that board you know i gave you a hammer but you have to still know how to use the hammer (laughs) so um i I just thought it'd be interesting this morning to talk about some of the gifts of the holy spirit maybe if we could each pick one and talk about how do we actually use that um you know like how do we use piety Mm-hmm. You know, for, I'll, I'll I'll start. I'll give you a moment to think here. Um, you know, we don't want to be overly pious. We 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 hear. I love that passage of, of scripture where our Lord says, you know, don't don't be a hypocrite like the the Pharisees who pray with their. Uh, I want to say it's broadened phylacteries, which was um, uh, on a headband they would wear these little boxes that would have a little miniature version of of the Torah in it, and the, that became the showpiece. Like, you got to look at my phylactery. It's better than, than Gabe's phylactery there. And how often do we get into that? We don't want to be overly showy, right? But 
what about the example we're setting for others, that when we pass by a church, do we quietly, with humility, make the sign of the cross? Or, or as we are walking through church and we cross from one side to the other, do we stop and genuflect? Or, it, it, you know, I like to, if our Lord is exposed in the, the monstrance um, for adoration, stop and double genuflect, both knees on the ground, even if just for a, a few moments. And I used to struggle with that one when I worked at the parish because we'd have adoration every Tuesday and I'd have to go over and quietly slip into the music area to get that book that I left over there that I need in my office to finish my planning. I'm like, well, I'm just going to sneak in and grab this book. And it's like, Adam, stop. That is your God on the altar. Get down on both knees for a moment here. You, you can do this. He gave you every good gift, including your life. And if he stopped thinking about you, you'd cease to exist. You, <laughs> you can stop and, and maybe double genuflect here. <laughs> I think, um, for me, wisdom and fortitude are two I'd like to have a little more of and be able to utilize more. You know, I think I think they go together. I mean, they all go together, but these two especially because in our world today, there's so many attacks on our personal faith, right? My, my sense of my faith is just hit from all sides. So how can I have the fortitude, the strength, the thing in my gut, in my heart that really gives me the, the strength to continue in my faith? Mm-hmm. But then the wisdom to know that I shouldn't just like whack people over the head with my fortitude. Look, look how strong in my faith I am. You know, you should be like this too. And if you're not like me, you're a sinner. Well, there's wisdom in not doing that, right? So having the fortitude to be strong and the wisdom to know how to be strong. Yeah, what was that old prayer, Lord? Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I cannot accept, Mm -hmm. and wisdom not to commit assault. Is that how it goes? Basically, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm thinking when the Holy Spirit was first introduced to me, well, later near my confirmation, I I was talking to my mom about it, and she was in her, her educating way telling me, you know, the the Holy Spirit is just with you always once you're confirmed, and so you have this access to these gifts and she told me that she likes to think of the Holy Spirit as always on her shoulder. And when she needed things, she would turn to it. And I, I still kind of think about that sometimes, uh, particularly in counsel, um, turning to the Holy Spirit on my shoulder or on my head. I try to think tongues of fire, kind of like the disciples and, and saying, can you, can you help give me inspiration? Can you give me counsel in this moment? My kids got into a fight recently. They were talking about, you know, God's here. And then said, no, God's in the church in the tabernacle. No, God's here too. God can't be in both the church and the tabernacle. Dad, they say that God's here and in the tabernacle in the church. I'm like, yeah, God's omnipresent. What does that mean? It means he's everywhere. Mm. What? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and if you need his help, you don't even have to turn around. You just say, Lord, I need your help. God, I need your help. And, you know, going back to that thing about contemplation earlier, I want to I wrap it up this way because we, we need to go to the weather and the daily dose here in a moment. Um, you know, if you want to have a good, long conversation with God in contemplative prayer, don't avoid the short two-second conversations with God throughout the day. I feel ridiculous sometimes doing this, but, um, you know, like last night I was out barbecuing and um, – it was just beautiful out, and for a moment, a nice breeze came through right when I needed it, and to look up and say, God, thank you. that Thank you for the breeze, because that breeze um, was a little bit of refreshment in, in the heat of the grill, and that those little conversations throughout the day lead to a, a longer one. So 
We are going to stop and take one last check of the weather here, and then we'll have the daily dose of encouragement for you. Uh, we're continuing our theme of following the inspirations of the Holy Spirit, so maybe we'll have a little bit more uh, of an idea for you when we come back. We are wrapping up week one of following the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. And, Patty, you've been given some great things to do this week, and I know today you have a few more points for us. So what are those? Well, I've been just unpacking the book from Father Jacques Philippe, which is called In the School of the Holy Spirit, just sharing with you some of the things that I thought were very beneficial in this little book. Ways to enable the Holy Spirit, his inspirations to be activated in our life. I think we all want it. We all pray for it, but we got to actively do some things that make it possible. You know, if we're a, a closed wall, the Holy Spirit does not impose. We have to be open. And so he gives some more concrete things that we can think about, pray about, and do. The first today that I want to encourage us to, he says, is to persevere in prayer. All of those things about silence, peace, and resolving to refuse God and abandonment and detachment, those all take place where? In prayer. That's where it takes place, in prayer. So that's very, very important. And to note that none of this takes place instantly overnight. Sometimes we just want the Holy Spirit now. <laughs> but gradually, little by little, we become more attuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit and that can only happen in prayer, little by little, day in and day out, moment by moment when we quiet ourselves. So perseverance and prayer is key. Second, he says to examine the movements of your heart. Pay attention to your own heart. He says the inspirations from the Holy Spirit are not born in your head. They're born in your heart. So pay attention to your desires, pay attention to what you're you're leaning towards, pay attention to where your heart is moving you, that can often be the Holy Spirit. The next suggestion he makes is open your heart to spiritual direction. Very, very often we want inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Well, opening your heart to spiritual direction is important. Why? Because it shows your humility. It shows that you have a sincere desire to see things clearly in order to do God's will. And a spiritual director will point out areas where you need to grow, will point out areas where maybe you are closed, and will give suggestions that you may not want to hear. But docility and opening your heart to spiritual direction is a great way to gain access to all those inspirations of the Holy Spirit. So those are the some of the ways that Father Jacques Philippe has encouraged us to be open to receive. And next week, we're going to pack, unpack... How do we know if an inspiration is from God or not? That's next week, so stay tuned. Well, that's a big question for us, and I look forward to it. Friends, we want to thank Patty for being with us this week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. As always, we'd like to remind you that you can find these wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Daily Dose of Encouragement or going to OurCatholicRadio.org. That's OurCatholicRadio.org and clicking on the Programs tab. We are back and probably, you know, trying to decide how to wrap up the fastest 60 minutes in all of Christendom today. During the break, Gabe Jones mentioned something that I think we have to share with you, the listeners. We talk about practical ways to set up prayer in your home. And, you know, Patty Schneier shared with us a, a couple months ago on the Daily Dose of Encouragement at the beginning of Lent how she decorates her home for Lent. And I know a lot of you called in and said, oh, that, that was a really great idea. I'm going to do that. And uh, it's always a joy, by the way, to meet you, the listeners, out in the... Uh, 
out in the wild. <laughs> so so yeah. it's not really the wild, but at conferences and events. And, and it's always edifying to hear from you and hear what sticks out. Along those lines, um, Gabe Jones was just telling us that when they pray the Liturgy of the Hours at their house, they actually have their living room arranged so that there's the fireplace and the mantle and it has holy things on it. But on either side are two couches facing one another so they can pray in choir like the monks do. And uh, I, I asked, do you wear a hoodie like the Benedictines? <laughs> you know, Only in the winter. Only in the winter. Yeah. I will tell you that in the summer when I go camping or when we go outside um, it, and it's kind of nice at night, I love wearing a hoodie to pray outside because it's it's kind of like putting the blinders on. Mm-hmm. And something as simple as that sometimes, it's like what is an adjustment we can make? Well, if you're wearing a hoodie, put the hood up when you're praying. Unless you're in church, men, that would be yeah. inappropriate. Um, don't do that. But that's uh, why I wear a veil. I don't see anybody else. Just yeah. covering my blinders. We're not much to look at, so, you know, mm-hmm. there is that. <laughs> well, I, I want to thank you all for being with us on the Roadmap Roundup this morning, Gabe and Angela. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Let's talk about what's coming up next week here on Roadmap to Heaven. We've got a lot coming up for you. Um, on, let's see, Monday here, we're going to have Monsignor Morris with us talking about the Eucharist as the source and summit and what we mean. We say that a lot, source and summit, but what do we mean by that? And uh, Father Kirby is going to join us by phone as well to talk about Holy Communion. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And then next week, if you're saying to yourself, all right, I'm already out of ideas for what to do with my kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, godchildren, whoever it might be, uh, maybe just yourself. On this summer vacation, Monsignor uh, Michael Witt's going to join us on Wednesday, and we're also going to talk with Monsignor Stanley Deptula, who is the uh, director of the cause for, or he's the director of the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Foundation. They have a museum up in Peoria that you can visit. We're going to hear about that. We're going to hear about making a little mini pilgrimage. The the point is, next Wednesday, we're going to have all sorts of ideas of places you can go in one day and come back in one day and make a visit and do some really cool things and and grow in your faith, not just go see the world's biggest bottle of ketchup, which is over in, I think, in Collinsville, Illinois, um, which you should do that, too. That's pretty cool to see, uh, or the Superman but statue. But it's, it's not a holy pilgrimage. But let's do a holy pilgrimage, too, to grow in our faith. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Our Lady Queen of Peace. Pray Pray for for us. us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray Pray for us. And uh, we'll end today with Sacred Heart of Jesus. I place my trust in you. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for being with us this morning. Until next time for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Gabe Jones. And I'm Angela Miller. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't forget to pray your rosary today.